0: Listen, I've never had any problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Drag racing's all I've ever done, it's all I care to do. I respect the history, I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. uncut it's unfiltered this is the show of shows the biggest names in drag racing no holds barred this is the great american motorsport drag racing prove me wrong i'll wait Hey gang, West Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, Man, what a show. What a show we have for you guys today. No special guests, nothing. Just... All of us ranting and raving, all of our thoughts, comments, concern are overtaking, overall taking the temperature of the sport of drag racing like we like to do. We spent the last several weeks with like one barn burner guest after another. We got Clay Millican up in here. We got Pat Musi up in here. We got Tom Gunner up in here. We got all these, I mean, Clay. We got all this incredible stuff happening, but we don't feel sometimes like we get to, you know. I don't know, rant and rave like I like to do sometimes. So anyways, I appreciate you all joining us every Wednesday here. Sorry I missed you last week. I was legit sick. I think that's the first time we're 300 plus episodes into this deal. To be honest, I think that was the first time I ever tapped out because I just couldn't do it. I was sick and you know when you have kids and they bring home all this stuff from the schoolyard, it's unbelievable. Mike and JT can relate. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyways, uh, JT don't see much of his kids, but that's another story. Anyways, <laughs> mine, mine, bring I'm home, a, mine bring home a lot of illnesses. It seems like. <laughs> anyways, sick. I couldn't get it done. And, and shout out to the guys for encouraging me to punt because I don't think it would have been our best effort. But anyways, uh, appreciate you guys all being here. Remember to click like, click share, click subscribe if you're joining along. We broke 10,000 subscribers on YouTube a couple weeks ago. I Half million, some odd followers. I think we we're encroaching quickly on six hundred thousand followers on Facebook. It's incredible how fast. So thank you guys, seriously, because we love doing this, but we really can't do it without each and every one of you. And I, I genuinely feel what I say there in that that pre-recorded bit on the sh- on the beginning of the show. I believe it. I truly believe drag racing is the great American motorsport. I think this is an incredible community that has long since not really gotten what it deserves. It's not gotten the shine it deserves. It's not had the fanfare that it deserves. And we're really at a high tide moment, in my opinion, in the sport of drag racing right now. And we should all I mean, I just I can't say enough about it. It's a, a lot going on in the sport. Holy moly. Somehow it's the freaking middle of the year. June uh, MPK, No Prep Kings kicked off their sixth season. This past weekend, National Trail Raceway in Ohio, the NHRA tried their damnedest to get one in at New England Dragway in Epping, New Hampshire. War in the Woods, small tire, no prep, booming. I can't hardly keep up with how much drag racing is going on in the country right now. I I really, truly feel, despite the naysayers, I know there are people out there. I know there are folks that are concerned, but I think that concern is unfounded. I genuinely believe this is a fantastic time in the sport of drag race, and we're going to talk about that at length here today. Uh, before we get any further, let's uh, introduce my cohorts here on the West Buck Show: the one, the only Mike Carpenter, JT Hudson. What's up, dude? What's you guys doing, well? you doing
1: all right? We're back. Yeah.
0: we're back. What's new? J- that was a team I, I effort like we last week. We, we all, we all like. Uh, screen we your all... head's huge, Mike
1: yeah it is it's huge anyway, so this is scale. this is this is a hundred percent scale. I, I don't you know, know that there's anything I could do to match it you um, can it's genetics I
2: think peyton bro. manning is probably his biological father yeah that worked out
1: great <laughs> sorry peyton. charles hey peyton if, if uh if that's true man hit me up i need uh, all yeah, right yeah i need in on that inheritance <laughs>
0: yeah, we need uh, an adoption papers are getting drafted right now uh how can you are you guys as surprised as i am that it's somehow the middle of the year i mean i say this all the time i say it means 300 some odd episodes 304 305 what is this jt 304
2: yeah 304 yeah
0: 304. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it Last seems like I say this every year, somehow, some way. It, it It is incredible to find ourselves here six months into the season. We've been racing for a while now. World Series of Pro Mod, well in the rearview mirror. NHRA Gator Nationals, well in the rearview mirror. Uh, the No Prep Kings series has started, as I mentioned in the intro. I mean, there's we're in like full song of the racing season. And I just... It shocks me every year. I know that it's like a whole thing, right? And we hear Alan Reinhart talk about it all the time on the NHRA broadcast. It's also, what was uh, in Beef, the Netflix documentary, or not, not,
1: not de- yeah. documentary.
0: The Netflix No, it show, definitely but- was a
1: documentary. It'd be, crazy <laughs> <if you're laughs> It'd be
0: crazy if that was a documentary. <clears throat> um, it sounds like something that could happen though. But it is crazy how the older you get, how it does seem to feel like the th- you just throttle up. Like one <laughs> thing. Somebody
2: on a lawnmower right across the front of the office.
0: Like driving ride, it? like riding around Kirkstall, on it. Missouri, not- we should do an episode didn't, it. Didn't have or, a where
1: JT, JT it didn't just turned the deck. camera around one, oh. one week and just <laughs> let us see what's going on around the office. For those that
0: here. don't know, the, the original, not the original, the, but the second official, well, no, my God. The Drag Illustrated office in Northeast Missouri, we've had a lot of offices <laughs> over the years, to be totally honest. But anyways, is currently uh, right next to a kind of a transient hotel and the public defender's office is that
1: the word for it
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that's know. the word for it, it right? shady
2: side in yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's a it's a little rough around the edges man I love new it, ownership though last time i was in town it looked like they painted the place that's cool
2: yeah i don't know man they painted it like yellow or i mean like that's greenish on. yeah like they like they, they, they yeah they bought it at the same place that i think Orlando or, or uh, Valdosta <laughs> did for their stands i mean it's that color uh, a <laughs> hotel <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I didn't, I didn't even understand. Like, you can't you miss go to, it, man. You gotta look, go look at paint, and you're like sitting there and you're like, well, <laughs> look at that kind of neon, pukish
0: green looking. I'm gonna put that on a hotel. <laughs> that's no, the, the part, man. Who says that? No, hey, you know what it really was? Guaranteed it was on sale. Yeah, That was the paint that was on sale by like the drum. You could buy a 55 gallon <laughs> drum of neon green paint for like $18. Somebody, yeah, and somebody
2: like, mixed the wrong drum for yeah, 100%. Uh, repainting the school or something. And I always think <laughs> that people yeah, go yeah, in there
1: they, they, and you get confronted by like the wall of swatches and you think I'm gonna paint my house green and you grab like just green, just regular green. And you're thinking that that's going to be the, the, the deal. No, it's got to be, it's more nuanced than that. You've got to have a shade. It's got to be called like, like mystic vapor or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it can't just be, (laughs) can't just be straight green. That's a problem when you start putting
0: on buildings or. No, it's got to be like a faint fall. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Or something like, cause it, you can't just go. Yeah. If you roll up to home Depot (laughs) and say, Hey bro, you got any green? I'm fitting to paint my house this weekend. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to, yeah. It's going to be 300 of them. Yeah.
2: Well, what we really set shades. this place off too is is then they did red doors.
1: So,
0: no, was I mean, awesome. It's,
1: yeah. it's like a Christmas
0: vibe. In some parts of the country, I think that's like a bad indicator, right? Like, I don't yeah. think red door maybe, is the play. Yeah, maybe like a Costa oh no, Rica I'm thinking Christmas, of red lights Christmas or something. Red light yeah, district, sorry. right? I'm thinking red door, red light, and it all runs. All right, out, whatever. Well, anyways,
1: yeah. that was a that was a tangent sorry. on, a tangent, on yeah, a tangent. Sorry, but no. Hey, Wes, you were talking about time. I think it it does it does speed up like in Interstellar. Like as we get older and oh, there's no doubt that's that's some of the perspective of all these races going on. Is this that, you know, we're all getting older and it seems like we can't even keep up with all the shit that's going on and it's all packed into one weekend.
0: If we literally sent I I mean, I was thinking about it this weekend and and I got it again and I I feel and I asked the guys before we started the show, I do not want to beat a dead horse, but I do find it. I'm conflicted. Okay, let me I'll bear my soul here. I am shocked that there is this notion that exists. Maybe it's only on social media, but I am genuinely shocked that there is this notion that exists that drag racing is in some, in some way, shape or form suffering or struggling. I mean, because I feel like I can't escape it. I mean, there, it is. there's is so much racing going on that it is virtually impossible to con- absorb it all. I, I mean, I can't keep up with the amount. I mean, if I'm a chassis builder, I mean, I'm looking for a beach house right now. I mean, you literally, there is no a lake house and a beach house, maybe, and a boat, maybe a boat for each spot. I mean, there are so many race cars. I was just, I was just talking to Tom Gunner were 140 cars at war in the woods, right? now that's not necessarily a chassis shop boom, chassis shop boom type of situation. But 140 cars at war in the woods, a small tire no prep race at a nitty gritty little eighth mile drag strip. You got the no prep king season kicking off with God knows how much high dollar machinery on the property of that facility. Note National Trail Raceway in Ohio, NHRAs in New England, the cavalcade of cars going on in Norwalk, all sorts of little eighth mile Northeast Outlaw Pro Mods. Uh, there was a, uh, what's that race where Jamie won that cruise on Bob Harris and Justin, Jason Harris's car, Foxborough, Roxborough, that's not yeah, your neck of the woods. Yeah,
1: no, I don't know the name of it right off the top of my head,
0: but Roxborough. your, your
1: example that you're making is, is based on car count, based on number of races, number of type of races. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the argument that we're seeing online is based Roxborough on motorsports park. Yeah. That's the name of the track. I don't know the name of the event, but I think online we're seeing people talk about the stands and and seeing empty stands and thinking the sport is suffering from that but I think you have to look at it from this perspective of how many people are going racing every weekend how many cars are filling these places up and and how many different uh levels of the industry are being touched by that not just fan and attendance. I think
0: but here's the thing there's considerable fanfare like let's not pretend that people aren't coming to these events i mean that in this whole thing and I'm they are but they are it but out. it's a.
1: they are going to these events but it's a smaller venue the argument to me always comes up when we go to it's a big these track. big venues when we go to z max when we go back to chicago like we did a couple weeks ago and half the grandstands are closed off or whatever the situation may be and these places that were built during the the boom of the 90s 2000s and they in these NASCAR, every motorsport thought they needed these places to to pack them in. It's changed. We were oh, talking earlier it, today about that too. About the perfect example is NASCAR taking the All-Star race and going back to North Wilkesboro. They actually like went back in time, like reverted, went to a track that they thought they had outgrown and that was no longer big enough to hold I, them. There's and it fit, so and now, many, now it fits them perfectly.
0: There's so many layers to this onion, in my opinion, because it's like the the economy, like the market speaks, right? These things mm-hmm. happen, and I, I do think you're right. I I was I labored over that over the weekend. Basically, the catalyst for this particular conversation was a post I saw on Facebook that was talking about those aforementioned closed off set of grandstands at the Chicago event, uh, the Chicago uh, the Route 66 Nationals, excuse me, in Illinois. First time the NHRA had been to that track since 2019, and by all accounts, a massive success for the NHRA. Like I've talked to multiple people at NHRA. And they've all told me the same thing. Ticket sales way up. Very happy with how things went.
1: 2019 when they were up over
0: 2019. Very happy with the return to the area. They had to open up additional bleachers. I mean, it looked fantastic on television. By all accounts, it was a big, big, big success. But there is this belief system that there is, you know, Oh, we got this huge problem. We've got to fix. And I'm listen. I'm the first one to like acknowledge room for improvement, especially it was when it comes to the NHA.
1: That whole scenario you just laid out was compared to a photo, an aerial photo from the very first race at that event, which I believe was in 1998. <clears> Those photos can be
2: can, can be can uh, be misleading as well, though. I yeah. mean, like, okay, when did you take that photo at so and so event? You know, because yeah, like, you're going to compare mean, like, one what, place to what the time other of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like like say you took it, you know, you didn't take it Saturday afternoon. You took it Saturday afternoon when it's completely packed out at the other place. Right. You know, I mean, you're comparing that, but
0: I well, also and he's talking, Mike's talking about, they took a photo from the first event. Like, yeah. and Open know, a venue but, but like that. Saying, oh my but, God. Yeah. But
2: like, I think I, I saw the post you're talking about that had a, had empty stands for, for the next photo. And I'm going, <laughs> when did you take the photo though? You know, like nobody's running or whatever. I don't know. I just, and, and anymore, you can get so much on, your electronics, you know, you have flow racing, you have these TV broadcasts, and everything. Yep. And, and man, if you can stay at home and hit your your kids' ball game and then still catch the race, and you know, there's a lot of things that go into that anymore. So, um, this I mean, watch football, drag racing,
0: whatever. I mean, it's simultaneously two we, phones, you know. So, <laughs> you absolutely. know, we've done it, right? No, I mean, <laughs> we've done it, you know. So, I mean, I I guess the point that I want to make is that I think that there's a lot of conversation that we can have about this, but I think that that it's important that these things get discussed. And I think it's important because first and foremost, there's most assuredly room for improvement. And maybe we can talk about that. Maybe we can talk about that today and and talk about the areas where we can, where we can improve and where we can improve the drag, the drag racing live event. Right. But I, I don't think we're doing ourselves justice necessarily as a sport to have all these incredible things happening, but be laser focused on a section of the grandstands in Chicago not being opened and, and to Mike's point earlier, participation wise, I do feel like our sport is rocking and rolling. I mean, if you look around in a PDRA just last weekend, their trip to Norwalk, they had 350 some odd race cars. And if you've been to a PDRA national event, you know that these are like the highest level of race cars. These are not you know, home-built, garage-built type operations. These are the best money can buy across the board from Junior Dragster to to Pro Boost and Pro Nitrous. Everybody's got high-level equipment. And that that trend exists across so many sanctions and series. I mean, Pro Mod is something that we talk about a lot here. But, I mean, you talk about something that's healthy? Holy moly. I mean, Pro Mod, there is so much Pro Mod racing going on. It's really hard to keep tabs of all of it. It, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff happening. These various shootouts, various touring series that are kind of regionalized or whatever. NMCA, Northeast Outlaws, PDRA, Midwest Drag Racing Series was in Noble, Oklahoma this past weekend. I mean, there's so much racing. We can't even hardly name all the different alphabet soup of events. But there's also these big events NHRA. I mean, I really hated to see the NHRA get washed out in New England because I think that that would have been. That's one of my favorite events that happen on the NHRA tour because of the photos it produces. Because it's just like a it's a classic big wedding, small church. All these guys rolling into a track that can barely handle them. Fanfare. People backed up in traffic. It, it's a great, the great, were, great. The,
1: the, the little bit of racing they did get in. The stands were packed. And there yeah, were so many people. If that place, if you pulled up an HRA TV at any point during the past couple of days, it was just rain. And there's people sitting in the stands. I mean, there was like a good crowd. In the they stands have an incredible fan
0: base up there. But I wonder, the the reason I wanted to bring this up, talking about fan attendance, because that seems to be what people are concerned about, for me, I can't help but feel like motorsports are really enjoying a moment in the sun. Like it's it's starting to become a little bit more part of pop culture. I mean, you see like Formula 1, the F1 Grand Prix in Miami. Oh my god, like every star and celebrity, racing is kind of part of the conversation and it feels like it's been a while since racing has been so prevalent. Like yeah. do you guys agree? Like I just I feel like I hear people talk about racing and maybe not always drag racing. But racing, I used to feel when someone in my neighborhood or somebody that I met at a restaurant or whatever asked me what I did for a living, I would kind of not like, you know, whenever I said racing, I kind of felt like they looked at me like I had three heads. Not the case anymore, right? I mean, if you tell someone you work in motorsports, they're familiar to some at some level. It may not be drag racing. They may not know who. Todd Tutterow is right. But they certainly know about drag racing or they know about racing or they've seen street outlaws or they've watched the Netflix documentary on the F one stuff, drive to survive. They, they know about racing and it feels I get like asked more now than I ever have, you know, uh, agree. And, and not yeah.
2: just, not just uh, like no prep Kings or street outlaw because that, that did move the needle and, and people were asking us a lot about that around here. And, uh, but now I'm getting asked a lot about NHRA teams too. So, I mean, that's good.
0: I mean, and I just think that we have to be a couple of things. Mike mentioned something that really, really struck me. And it was the NASCAR NASCAR's decision to take their all-star race to North Wilkesboro. This was a track that had been previously shuttered, right? Like they weren't even, this wasn't on the tour. It was
1: actually, I don't know all the details, but I think roughly somewhere in the late nineties, maybe even mid nineties, that was when NASCAR was deciding that they were too big and needed to, grow out of the Southern roots and expand to like California. I actually think they took that race date and gave it to Fontana, California. If I could be wrong wow. about that, but I think that that I, I did hear that in the lead up to the all-star race. So they just, they, they took the slowly took the races from the traditional Southern tracks around this area and moved them all around the country. And it worked for a while, but now there's like, they're having to go back in time a little bit and and look at what used to work look at where their hardcore fan base still is and again create that image of a big wedding in a small church it may be even fewer people than they had at charlotte motor speedway or wherever I think, didn't they move the all-star race to texas a yeah. couple of years to try something different there and put it in that small old worn out venue i mean they did refurbish it you know extensively and it creates this saturday night party atmosphere
0: I think a lot of it is just like knowing your audience. Yeah. I I think back on this. When I reflect on the whole situation, I think about racing. I think about there is an economic boom, right? Money's easy to get. People are, money's moving around. These construction projects are happening and they're building the Z maxes. They're building route 66 raceway. There's built, they're building these mega facilities, right? And it's during this, they're kind of, they it's a kind of unfortunately the, the American way, right? I mean, you see it all over America during any sort of like economic downtime or recession. Like all these people that have gotten in over their heads, they bought a house they couldn't afford, they're driving vehicles they can't afford, and they're banking on a home run. They're banking on good times lasting forever and we know historically that's just not the case and i think sometimes we we outgrew our britches so to speak and i think what we're seeing is this return to our roots i mean there are a lot of nascar facilities for instance that have removed grandstands they've they've reduced the capacity of their venues on purpose and i think sometimes i mean drag racing we just haven't gotten to that point i mean some of these venues are too big and it's, I mean, if you compare it to stick and ball sports, which people love to do a lot, and I'm not talking NFL. I mean, obviously that's a little bit of an anomaly, but if you look at a lot of like an NBA team or some of these other venues, it's not 50,000 people. It's not 100,000 yeah, people. Yeah, I think it's an eight, NBA arena is like 18, 18 or 20, 000. 000, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 18 or 20,000, which is not impossible attendance-wise for a drag race, for a motorsports event. So I just think that the 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 size of the venues kind of we outgrew or, or, or excuse me, we had uh we let our alligator Delusions mouth kind of overload our tadpole <laughs> yeah. ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we we go, you know what, we're gonna build this super facility. And again, you're banking on best case scenario, sell out situations. And I don't know, man. And it's I've said this five thousand times on this very program. It 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 is I want to see Garth Brooks play Billy Bob's. I don't really care to go see him at some Aunt mega arena. I don't want to see him on his stadium tour. I want to see a guy play, you know, a country music superstar play in a nitty gritty small venue that's intimate. That's what drag racing is, man. We are, our sport plays better at smaller venues. Like I've been really and that's what you're conflicted. Seeing, you're seeing more and
1: more of that. And I think the success of these events. Even no prep Kings, they go to national trail. They go to, I mean, don't they we got to get the
0: racers to buy it. Because right? weren't you, I was kind of like, did you see that quote card we put out on drag illustrated social Sean Langdon uh, talking about the fans in new England? He, he was talking about, it was a great quote, like probably the best quote I've ever seen from Sean Langdon, like the best sound bite he's ever produced. He said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing here. When we, we do this because we love it, drag racing being this. The, the, the drivers, the crew, the tuners, we love this sport. And when you go to a racetrack like New England Dragway where the fans love it as much as you do, you're just inspired to put on as good of a show as possible. And I'm not saying the fans at Z-Max or the fans at the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway or whatever aren't incredible fans. They absolutely are but i think what he's really talking about is the environment that is created at a small venue it's intimate the fans are right there it's not a, some sprawling facility that everything's all spread out and it takes you you know 4 days in a covered wagon to get from the starting line to the pits it's it's just a completely different atmosphere in drag racing plays we do our absolute best our sport looks its absolute best at in that environment but the problem is that I mean? Look at the entry list for no for uh, New England Dragway, the New England Nationals this past weekend. They didn't have a full field in top fuel funny car. Uh, but had a full field in pro mod, but they they because of the facilities limitations pit wise, they're not able to bring like their full cast of characters. Like Pro Stock doesn't run that event. They were planning on running Mountain Motor Pro Stock, but couldn't get enough enough commitments. And this is where the racers, we, we have, they have to take some accountability for this, right? Cause they want to go to, they want to go to Z max. They want to park on perfectly flat pavement, right? They don't want to deal with any water in their pits. They don't want any sand, but we kind of got to, there has to be a meeting in the middle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the racers want to go to grade a picture, perfect facilities that are too big, for someone to be successful, a promoter to be successful, the event to be successful, but that's exactly the facilities that we need to go to. Do you guys follow? Yeah, what yeah, I'm I mean, saying? like you remember I you
2: remember when I had the bar at the first bar, Smitty's, and it was kind of a dive bar. You know, narrow. Um, you couldn't you couldn't pack a whole bunch of people in there, but everybody was so close when they were in there. That everybody was in on each other's conversations and you know you'd make friends with the guy next year the don't guy think for a right second a
0: drag strip ain't a bar right that, I, that's, what, that's, this, what, that's yeah. what i'm saying and it's so then, the same then, thing
2: and then i built the new bar which was quite a bit bigger and had everybody spread out and i mean if you took you like say you go in there and you go oh it's pretty dead tonight but if you put all those people in the old bar everybody's having a hoot you know because they're all they're close together disclaimer yes yeah.
1: jt at one point did own a bar, yeah. multiple bars, and it scares us as much as it probably scares the audience as it well. Does, not it, much, not it does, not as much
0: as my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that... Or your kids. Yeah. <laughs> these are some of the things that have to be talked about <laughs> because we, racers, uh, we go to an event, right? And we, like I said, we want everything to be tens across the board. the The pit parkings needs to be perfect. Track needs to be perfect. It's got to be perfectly... All these things... But we, there's got to be some conversations about how we can make this work for everybody, right? How we take, can go right? to venues. Yeah, there's going to be some give and take. Like, we got to go to facilities that we can fill. We've got to go facilities that have strong fan bases. We have to go to places where there is a possibility to, to come out on top, right? to win. Because that's what everybody needs to win the racers well, you know need to win
1: you know who's doing that on the biggest stage is no prep kings there's a lot like the war in the woods all these uh, no prep deals uh, small tire deals are all doing it to some degree but to me no prep kings is it te- it checks all the boxes of everything you just said it, it and, really does man and and they had their first race this past weekend the big draft happened and i think we gotta oh, yeah, we gotta, we gotta, gotta start off stuff. we gotta start off talking about No prep Kings, the new season, the draft. Well, let's uh, okay. So there's a lot of ways we can take all this drama from there.
0: Real quick, JT, let's pay some bills. I want to remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment, from drag chutes and seat belts to fire suits, gloves and blankets, all 100% made in America. Log on to stroudsafety.com and make sure you tell them we sent you. We have a brand new story up about their new drag boot, which has been a huge hit in the industry. Shout out to Kayla Zadel, uh, John Gentry and the gang. It's Stroud, for putting that piece together. It's up on dragillustrated.com right now if you want to check it out. Guys, uh, Mike, to your point, No Prep Kings season kicked off this past weekend National Trail Raceway, the start of the sixth season of this hit reality show. And as you mentioned, Mike, started off with the draft. Let's run through this. Uh, I guess right now, let's just talk about your guys' overall impression of the draft. There were 18 captains. Um, I'll actually pull those up here, one of which was a uh, fan vote which went to daddy dave constock lizzie you were like locked in a razor close battle uh which was announced i guess thursday night about 8 39 o'clock it news broke that daddy dave had won the popular vote it felt like uh waiting for election results to be honest <laughs> right. like it was yeah i mean there are all these posts on social and i'm getting text. you hear anything you hear anything anyways well, this is this is all like let's let's
1: preface all of this i yeah. think it's interesting the amount of access or uh, news that's allowed to come out of these events now. And I think there's been a change in procedure or whatever on Pilgrim's part or Discovery or whoever makes these calls to allow all of this. Because I feel like in years past, they would have been making every effort to not even let us know who won the draft or who, oh, what the teams are, and who, who won the race. And now it's like with all the access and everyone's there streaming live streaming, and they don't seem to be shutting any of this down. It's again, you're just like you're watching the racing and watching this ha- unfold live. And then, you know, you've got this TV show coming in
0: a month. Or I two, watched actually. the whole race. You know what I mean? Like I watched which, virtually every round of racing, I mean, which two years ago, you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. Yeah. You
1: could, you could somewhat do it last year. So I just think it's really interesting that we're all watching this and, and following it. Do you think it's it kind of an acceptance,
0: uh, an acceptance by the group uh, that it's, that this is racing and that people want to know what happened right now, I That I it's so. like, it's almost yeah, impossible I think so too. to prevent. Well, and, yeah, I
2: think they, I, yeah. And they realized that they probably couldn't stop it. I mean, someone in the stands has got a phone or got their phone out you know they're going to record it and-,
1: and and also just like the draft itself it dominated you know dominated the uh, mind space or whatever you want to say everyone's thoughts were about the draft going into the event had everybody voting online and all of this stuff yeah. then you go and then you have this whole social media uh, following all weekend for the actual race then you turn around and you've got a tv show on and you know whatever it takes a month or two so it's like they get it you know like triple dipping really is is what they did leading up to this event so i think it's smart i actually think it's smart because then you get like a pop when it, when the race happens and you get another pop when it airs on tv
2: well and the bigger stars they make of, of their racers you know if they mm-hmm. allow them to put some of this stuff on their social media and stuff like That's that the point, bigger man. stars that, that they make out of these people uh, the and, bigger hit the
0: tv show will be right and their
1: social media followings these individual drivers have gotten so big
0: Huge. Why not
1: leverage that? Why not take advantage of that? Well, it yep. goes
0: back to that example that I like to make all the time about. The NBA is bigger because of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and, and Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Steph Curry. Like They've leveraged the power of those stars, and I think that's something that the NHRA hasn't done as effectively. Admittedly, I think they've had less stars in recent years. I mean, I think it's pretty common belief set that john force is like the superstar of all of the nhra and everyone pales in comparison to him but the man's 72 years old he's not active on social media right i mean they have a significant following with his with john force racing's like team pages but it's not like something that they've really embraced in my opinion and it's uh, i find that interesting because to your point they've no prep kings the show's I'm sure every episode will perform better because of all the enthusiasm and interest that each one of these individual guys. I mean, if you run down the list, I did the research before we started the show, like Daddy Dave Comstock, 1.7 million followers on Facebook alone. Murder Nova, 3.5 million. Uh, Justin Swanstrom, 155,000. Ryan Martin, 340,000. I Monza who didn't even make, you know, decided at the, you know, last minute not to participate. He's got 1.4 <laughs> million followers. Lizzie, all the OGs,
1: man. They have huge, oh, okay. yeah, they do. big they have followings.
0: Huge um, Lizzie, she's got over mm-hmm. a half million, you know, and I think that you've get all these fans that are invested following along with their stories on social and it's going to make the, I and mean, that's, I'm that's probably Facebook probably more alone, at, right? to Those what? That's Facebook alone. Yeah. 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 And yeah, these are,
1: guys have huge Instagram followings and, and who knows what else? TikTok, you know, that's a growing deal too. But these guys are are using more and more. So it's really gotten, you know, I bet if we sat down with Sam, which I think we intend to do at some point in the future and picked his brain about all of this, that that would be something that he pointed to as to why they're allowing these leaks, if you want to call it that, to happen. Well, well and these and they,
2: these fans, though, then they get on there and they feel like that they're, you know, they've picked their driver already, right? Right. right. So now they're, they're on that team. And then they're in the comments and and they are, they are, I mean, they, they go hard in those comments. Oh, they're serious, man. For their person. Yeah.
0: I mean, and it's, I mean, I'm listen, I didn't, it wasn't going to go this way immediately, but like, again, if you compare and contrast the following that people, and this is just Facebook alone, but like some of our sports biggest stars, as far as NHRA drag racing is concerned, aren't even remotely close. I mean, Leah Pruitt, 265,000 Erica Enders, right? Shia, 200,000 John force has six hundred forty thousand followers on facebook i mean it's kind of interesting to me and it, and it's it's weird because both of these endeavors are on television and on television frequently but it's the type of television it's the kind of television it's you know the NHRA is more of a race report type of show right they're showing what happens at an event they're they're not doing the what street outlaws has done so effectively and tell the stories of these people and kind of get you hooked on who they are and what they're about and how they sound and how they behave in a confrontational situation and how they handle struggles and how they handle success. I mean, you, you learn about all the stars of no prep Kings. You learn about all the stars of street outlaws. Whereas, you know, you kind of watch what happens at an NHRA national event and it's fantastic. I don't think the NHRA broadcast has ever been better than it is right now. It's as good as it's ever been for sure. But It is a much different product. And it it does tell me, I mean, you think about the the amount of time, right? How long has NHRA been on TV? Eons, right? I mean, years and years and years. You compare that to No Prep Kings. This has happened really fast. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I point to a couple of these guys like Justin Swanstrom. I don't know that there is a better example of someone who's went from zero to hero in a shorter amount of time than that young man. I mean, it's a pretty incredible thing. I mean, he's, he's done, in my opinion, pretty much all the right stuff. And he's, I mean, if he couples, I mean, we can now kind of parlay or, excuse me, segue into the draft. I mean, if the season goes the way I think it's going to go for Justin Swanstrom, that kid may well be the the star of that show when the smoke mm-hmm. clears this fall. I, I really believe it.
1: Yeah, yep, he has. A he's, he's definitely got a good team. And he, he said he had some strategy going into it. Um, which I imagine had to be pretty stressful. And, like, guys actually dedicated time to, you know, how is this going to go, How preparing for the draft? Because you can't just go, all right, I'm going to – I know my team. I'm going to pick this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. You have to be ready. You have to be flexible and be able to, like, adapt quickly and make a, a yes. decision when the guy that you want gets taken right in front of you. Now you got to pivot and choose someone else that's still available and still put together a good team. And don't reach for someone too early. Yeah. If you think that person might be there a round or two later, and so you could stack your team up, man. I mean, it's it's literally just like uh, see you always um, drink too much when we draft. have our drafts. Yeah, or fantasy football yeah. and, then,
2: and then I'm like, yeah, and then I'm like, oh my team's good, man. Like I hey, I will pass
0: this. <laughs> I gotta like, be I'm honest, man. Up. If you go through this so the Ryan, the, the, the captains uh were Ryan Martin, Kai Kelly, Justin Swanstrom, Disco Dean Carnes, Mike Marillo, Sean Murder Nova Ellington, Jay Bodie. And uh, the people's choice, Daddy Dave Comstock, and if I go through the list of teams here, man, and we can, and we can name them all if you want, I don't know that it's necessary, but I, I again, I think Justin Swanstrom has what appears to be what could very well be the most competitive team. I mean, Ryan Martin's team is pretty darn good too. Ryan Martin's team's good. Uh, Robin Roberts, obviously a hot rod, Uh, Giuseppe Gentile, uh, very, very fast car, rich Bruder. I think they've made a lot of progress over the off season, a lot of testing, but I mean, golly, the thing that I noticed straight away is just the, the, the comments, the sense that was in picking all screwblower cars. Yeah. So you've got a lot more, Information. I mean, Which, you've got a bunch Howell of like and, uh, combinations. That's Jim really, Howell, really smart.
1: How and Odom are teamed up, right?
0: Already, yeah. Already, and, and so now they're Justin Swanstrom and Callie Mills were kind of quasi teamed up because previously, they I mean, this can is can their, their first out, season too. out with a screw blower. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's so.
1: it's so surprising to me going and looking at this and the way it played out that Odom was available in the third round for Swanstrom. Third,
0: third round, third pick. To you me, know. that's a dr- entirely personality driven. I, I think John Odom is a kind of a polarizing guy. I don't know him personally, but just based on social commentary, I mean, he's kind of like there's people that like him and there's people that hate him. There's very little middle ground, and I think that that's uh, a really interesting thing. Uh, Kai Kelly, it was I, I was glad to see him get Lizzie. Like I know that there would have been a great storyline probably having you know her be a team captain, especially with all that she's contending with right now. Uh, but it is interesting because well, you got he switched, Kyle with a screw blower. Yeah, he switched Two combos. nitrous cars. It would
1: make sense if they still had the same combo, right?
0: Right. Makes less sense. Um, but I mean, I think one thing Makes you saw with, yeah, on, on Kyle County's team, he picked the homies for yeah. the most part. I mean, he got Lizzie, he got David Gates. Those are teams, you know, cars that he obviously is, uh, you know, teamed up with historically. I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting and, and I found to kind of tell the tale of this whole situation was a post from um, Little Legend, uh, Bobby Ducati, who was on Jay Bodie's team and went in the third round as well, right behind uh, Nate Saylor and Mike Bowman. He said, man, you sure can sense like a change of environment, a change of atmosphere in the pits because people all kind of cast their votes. You know what I mean? And you talk about some tension. I mean, that was already an extremely tense environment. Mike and I have talked about this a little bit on the show in the past that Anytime you go to a no-prep Kings event, you kind of you sense a Survivor Island kind of mentality where everybody knows that they're there because they've been requested. You know what I mean? Um, and they can be discharged at any moment. And it's very interesting how that affects kind of the vibe and how everybody, you know, interacts. I can't imagine taking something that was already like hovering around an eight-nine tension wise in mm-hmm. putting a draft, a popularity contest on top of it. On it. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also reality TV. Though. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, just absolutely classic. But I, I think there's been some controversy in the past couple of years about the, the team thing, because they came in the team thing originated outside of no prep Kings. Right. And then they come into no prep Kings and it's, they've got this uh, quasi team deal right. going where it's every car for the, every driver for themselves but certain people are expected to take dives for certain people because they're on the same team from back in the day or have always raced together. And I get that. And it's kind of, it's created drama of its own. Most notably we we talk about Pat and Lizzie and Jerry bird and that whole deal. But I think it's smart to kind of either go completely away from that or lean into it and actually have official, Teams. Yeah, I mean, they, which is yeah, what they, they were already here.
2: teaming up, you know. Yeah. They, and it, they were and teaming it up, but drama. then but then there was yeah. this
1: drama that was in, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're we're teammates, but we're not really teammates. That, right, that's that's yeah. from the past. Yep. But now it's like, yeah, we are this is your official team, and you have to race as a team. So it's it's really gonna be interesting.
0: I'm anxious to see how it plays out. I gotta be honest. I was I wish the NHRA would have had a fantastic, you know, glorious, sunshiny weekend up in uh New Hampshire because it would have been cool to kind of just be able to measure the respective like buzz uh, that was surrounding either event simultaneously and I guess we're gonna get that opportunity this coming weekend at the NHRA uh, national event in Bristol Tennessee while no prep Kings rolls into Virginia Motorsports Park for their their second stop of the season but it I will say that I was shocked by how much hubbub and how much conversation and how many people seem to be tuned in to what was going on at the no prep Kings event because I I believe this thing has far, exceeded anybody's expectations for lifespan i mean it has mine not because it wasn't great or anything like that but just historically you don't see these reality kind of television show deals last this long i mean this seems like it's been going on a long long time and i guess maybe this is its new life beyond yeah. the original street it outlaws
1: to, it has to evolve and this yes. the draft is the latest evolution of this series within a series within a series right so and you see these reality shows do this a lot and they'll just introduce a new format rule changes, uh, in sports. A lot of times, uh, JT, you were talking earlier about the baseball pitch clock. These, these organizations know or hear what's going on and, and, and kind of have their ear to the ground to the changes they need to make to stay relevant. And that to me, not, not that this deal wasn't relevant, but they knew they needed to spice some, spice it up, change it up a little bit going into the sixth season. Well, and clearly it
2: worked. Some of these reality shows, though, they they do have staying power, but a lot of that is the cast. Like, if you can keep that cast together—that everybody fell in love with at first—I think you have a better chance of success down the road. If you lose that cast and you're trying to recast all the time, well, you know they're they're not making relationships with with those people. You know, they're not relating to those people. I guess you'd say. Um, Maybe we we kind of talked about it with NASCAR, like on some of the viewership. The the hard the hard times they went through, you know, they lost their cast, you know, a while back, you know, they had so many people retire right around the same time that all these these devoted fans have, have lost their guy, you know, and then even they wanted to switch over to someone. Oh, well, he retired, too. You know, and then you got all these new faces and it's hard. I think it's just hard for people to go ahead and just, you know, jump off of one bandwagon on a, onto another one.
0: Uh, you you nailed it man keeping the cast of characters intact and it's so funny because doesn't that completely fly in the face of this belief like because like, I saw this over the weekend I saw a comment on social that it was said something to the effect of like is it just me or is it the same old people going to every NHRA national event right and it's funny because we have this established cast of characters same same guys showing up at, for decades of an, at NHRA Top Fuel. Same guys showing up for over a decade in NHRA Funny Car. Same guys showing up for over a decade in NHRA Pro Stock. Yet the fans want to see fresh faces. They want to see new people. And I think it's interesting, and it kind of is a great – it's a glimpse into the problem is that we haven't gotten to know any of these people. That's because I, I think saying. if we got them. to know these <laughs> yeah. people, you wouldn't want them to change you know, because you, that's
1: – right. You know,
0: yeah you do a few but you know for the most part these are just names on the side of windows you know and we don't know how these people behave because you make a great point man if you look at i mean look at all these housewife shows and all those bravo shows i mean they're however many years in however many seasons into those things and they've clearly worked really hard to keep that that cast together
2: i mean that i don't even know what season they're on that thing like Fucking 33 or something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's you have, fun.
1: You, yeah, you have to keep the uh, cast together, like sequels to me. Like when they come out with like a sequel or the third movie in a in a series yeah. and it's none of the original cast. It's yeah, like why yeah, no. is this even the same movie? It's just a money grab at that so, point. So, I
0: mean, I think it's another shining example of the NHRA has so many of the things it needs in place. They're already there. Like you've already got these guys that are committed. You don't got to worry about getting everybody to fall in love with character A and then him not showing up, right? I mean, they've demonstrated that they're coming. They're going to come to every single race. And I think that that's part of what I get excited about is that there's so much opportunity that still exists out there. Like, despite how far we've come, despite all the positives that we talk about here, man, there's a long way to go. I mean, you talk about Matt Hagan's got 68,000 followers on Facebook. Ron Cass has 158,000. I mean, look at those names that I mentioned a moment ago. I mean, there's TV show racers that have bigger following. That's 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 possible. You can't tell me that these guys are just that much less interesting. You can't tell me that these guys are just that much less cool or less relatable. I mean, sure, there's some differences, right? I mean, you've got guys that are a little bit more clean cut, a little bit more refined on the NHRA side. But I mean, going back to the Bravo situation, all of those people are living in mansions, Driving yeah. cars, the viewers can't afford. Wearing clothes, the viewers can't afford. Right? I mean, it's not it's all, about it's, relatability. It's about aspirational, it, right? To
1: me, it's about camera time, screen yeah. time. Yeah. And the, to me, the big difference that like Murder Nova, I think you said you had what? 3.1 million, 3.5, 3.5 million? Yeah. 3.5 million. For as long as Matt Hagen's been racing, how much less time do you think he spent on camera than Murder Nova? True. Like like exponentially more time for murder nova well, it's just and I mean, how, how how much time but how much longer has matt hagan's car been on camera you oh, know yeah. and, and so it's like again we're and not saying that anybody's doing anything wrong it's just no, a different because that's something that, that a, lot a, a lot of people don't a lot
2: of people don't want that you know i mean because yeah, that's people, what i was just going to say it uh, would say you know well i mean look at look at how many divorces and stuff come from reality tv and you know and and i mean a lot of times these people are only on for a couple two three years and they're having all kinds of problems, you know, because I think they, they, well, they're not used to the stardom first, you know, so now all of a sudden they're a star and they're probably not prepared for that whatsoever.
0: I I mean, that's the other thing that I was just getting ready to say is I saw a post from Jim Howe, who uh, is part of Justin Swanstrom's team and it was uh, on Facebook, and it was like, guys, thanks for all the calls and the support. I'm not ignoring anyone. It's just that we have a job to do. Filming and tuning multiple cars plus my own is no easy task. If I called you back when I finally got free, it would be around 3 a.m., and by then I'm ready to go to sleep. And I think that's you, you hit on something there, that that camera time that you talked about, Mike, and, and uh, with Murder Nova and whatnot, do, do these guys want it? Right. I mean, because that's the other thing is maybe the flip side of that argument is that, you know, someone like Matt Hagan is earning a living, driving a race car, doing what he wants to do, living out his dream. And he doesn't have to be filming at two o'clock in Absolutely. the morning, you know, that so there, the, the, there, the there's a balance, there. you know, and there is and, a big difference. And you, know? you
2: get you get wore out from it. Like we've talked about just doing this podcast or just oh, let's, yeah. say let's say you're traveling in a truck or whatever. You're on, you know, you're on all the yeah. time. You're at you're at PRI or SEMA. You're on all day long. You know, you're on at night because you're gonna run into somebody, you know, when you're eating or at the bar or whatever. So you're on all this time. And when it's when it's done, you're just like drained because you've you've had to be on this whole time. And so those guys, I'm sure, are experiencing that times 10.
0: You know, I mean, I think that's why you see people bail, right? I mean, you see, I mean, how frequently do you see it where I mean, going back to reality, uh, real world and road rules and uh, Jersey Shore, you'd have people that like they've they're superstars making money, endorsements, all this stuff. And they just exit stage left. Right. They're out. They just don't want yeah, it. It's, anymore. it's
1: not for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's not for everybody. So it's you know, I don't want to completely like, you know, crap on everything because there's there's the level of stardom and success that a lot of the folks on the NHRA side of life enjoy without having to do that dance is pretty Mm -hmm. incredible right I mean because I know that personally I don't want to do that you know what I mean like maybe I can get on
2: Maybe I can get on Big Brother and just go in there and just <laughs> talk drag racing with
0: everybody and just see how much I can get in before they
2: kick me off. Yeah, I kick
0: you off, yeah. <laughs> there's. An, I mean, it's an interesting thing, and I think it's a fun thing to talk about. But even having those problems is, like, such a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even being able, like, the, that's the definition of first world problems, you know, yeah. that you don't have as many. You're driving a nitro funny car. You know what I mean? You're doing a full tour. You're sponsored by Dodge and all these yeah. things. But, yeah, we don't have as many followers.
1: So what do you think about uh, heading into this weekend with this doubleheader? Uh, I guess they're going to run it. We don't have the details yet as far as uh, how it's going to go. But we've got – I guess the fields are locked in. And then yeah. we're just going to start eliminations uh, either in qualifying or the, or the day before at Bristol and then go right into uh, – the actual bristol event i think it's going to be i haven't looked at the weather which can be very hit or miss at bristol also but that could be a hell of an event that they've got coming up this weekend
0: i think it's going to be good man i mean it's we always talk about how what can be done to make con- qualifying more consequential and, and more impactful to the race well you don't have to do anything more than make make qualifying elimination rounds so no yeah. i don't know the details i guess they haven't announced exactly how they're going to handle all this but no, it, it's going to be Bristol is such a unique environment. It's one of these bigger grandstand tracks, but it's still a sm, relatively small amount of space there. And I think the unique sound and the unique visuals. I mean, it's one where it kind of is the exception, I think, to the big track rule. Right, that big beautiful tower and the big beautiful grandstands and the way it's nestled in between, you know, the the valley of two mountains. It's the weather looks so fantastic spectacular. right now.
1: Actually, Thursday, Thursday through. Saturday. Then Sundays, it looks a little dicey as of right now. but.
0: Maybe. All right. So we had 19, 18 cars show up in Pro Modified. Um, some some people we haven't seen in a while, Chuck Little. I was surprised to see his name on the list. Um, we had Eric Dillard there filling in for Kevin Rivenbark. Uh, Ken Cartuccio. I think that was probably what I was the most excited about, was to see the, the Wallace family 55 Chevy in competition out there. I was really looking forward to seeing... What that car would do in quarter mile competition. It's a car that I've definitely got my eye on as far as like World Series of Pro Mod is is concerned. I mean, that's, they need that's, to give
1: all the weight breaks to that thing.
0: They really need to do whatever, <laughs> whatever that thing they can, can do get to, as light to make as it that car uh, be competitive. Uh, Mike Thielen, longtime friend of uh, Drag Illustrated, taking the number one qualifying spot with which that was, was awesome to see. What was really one of the only really good runs went five eighty three at two forty four. Uh great to see him. I was think that's wearing his Di force number shirt? one qualifier. Oh yeah. He's, I don't he's know got, a, he's got a
2: DI crew shirt.
1: Yeah, he's JT's got one. JT's yep. got a glacier aviation crew shirt, jersey swap. <laughs>
2: we did also, a jersey swap about two AM when we morning. saw <laughs> uh,
1: I think Tyler Miller qualified fifth, sixth, somewhere up yep, towards the top mm-hmm. of the field, uh subbing for Mason Wright. So that was good to see.
0: Well, I mean, the thing that I guess I take away from it is what do we got? One, two, Mike, Mike Phelan, roots, roots blower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Castellano, roots blower. Tyler Miller, roots blower. So, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting, uh, that to see that combination. I think we're going to see that combo be, uh, be very fast. I mean, obviously competitive that run that, uh, uh, What's his name? Mason Wright was on in 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 uh, Chicago before he got into the wall. Unfortunately, if you look at the the short time and what that thing did to the three thirty, it, it was going to go number one. If it would have made the trip, you know, it, it would have been low qualifier. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think fans can kind of keep their eyes on that roots combination because there's a lot of hubbub around the pro mod rules right now. But I actually think they're 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 pretty close. Yeah, you're going to uh, have
1: uh, you're going to have a one wild card in there, too. Mr. Bristol Dragway legend himself, Tricky Ricky,
0: Tricky Ricky Smith. Oh. Uh, a track that I don't think I mean, you can I'd race believe... at
1: Bristol. You can't have a race at Bristol without Ricky being there. I'm pretty no, sure they name the they, don't, they don't open after. the gates until he rolls in.
0: Yeah, they named the grandstands after the dude. So I would be shocked if they would let a race happen with without him being on the property. I will tell you that the NHRA Pro Mod series, in my opinion, is missing Ricky's presence for for the for the. I know the drama that he can oftentimes produce man he he kept people talking about pro modified drag racing about NHRA pro mod and it's he he may not know it ricky smith may not know it but he's a promoter he's a showman and i think one of the ways ricky puts on a show whether people like it or not or agree or disagree his willingness to speak publicly and to share his thoughts and feelings and ruffle feathers and say whatever he thinks that is a huge, huge, huge victory for the sport of drag racing. And it has driven the conversation for a long time. As long as I can remember following the NHRA Pro Modified series, to be honest, it seems like Ricky and his thoughts on the rule and rules and how Ricky's running has been. A big part of it and it's I think there we're seeing that this year like despite the success they're having and they we're seeing the car counts come back to where we want them where where we expect them to be I would say it, it does feel like there's not as much conversation without the Ricky Smith kind of per- perpetual stirring of the pot do you agree Mike like it feels like we're seeing no don't doubt. you think
2: don't you think some of that is you know Rick? Ricky's doing this for a living so, you know, these rule changes and stuff affects his, what he makes basically. Right. I mean, that's yeah. as, that's how you could look at it where yeah, he, uh, someone yeah, else he, well, may, it, may not be, you know, as, as oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's not important to him, but this is what he is doing for a living. Oh, yeah. So And it's
1: all, that's always been the case with Rick. Yes. We talk about it all the time, anybody, any, anytime anyone has a, a, a situation with him where they, he, they didn't sign an autograph or something while he's busy. It's because he's yeah. working, man. I mean, that's his job and his sponsors, He's actually sponsored and gets, gets paid to go to these events. That's why he's going to Bristol. I think, I think Charlotte Bristol and a couple others are on his NHRA schedule for this year. And then obviously the PDRA events. So, uh, you know, that's, that determines where he races and and why he races. So yeah, you're exactly right, JT. But if you look at the entry list, there's actually quite a few on there that we haven't seen in a racer too. two. Billy Banica uh, is on there. Uh, we've got, uh, Dwayne Wolf, Jericho baldiff um, a handful of others so they're actually i don't see that i don't have the number here but there are quite a few cars already uh pre-entered in for bristol
0: and that's exciting man that's what yep. we need that's that nhra series is there is no doubt in my mind that you know quarter mile drag racing it, it's that's the final frontier for most of these guys and it's great to see that level of participation i'm trying to pull up the event info i don't know well. why I'm they've like,
1: got it listed here but they don't tell you the.
0: they the never put number. the number i gotta, gotta add down. up them.
1: Yeah. Math is not my thing, guys.
0: Uh, I was gonna <laughs> pull it up. Here we go. I'm an art major. We can tell. <laughs> I dropped out of school. Um, <laughs> let me see. Are you gonna count it? I wanna count it. I just like yeah. to
1: know <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. no, because if I get it wrong, I'm gonna get roasted on this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Are you guys counting? I don't even know what you're counting. I got eighteen. <laughs> 18,
0: 18. ProMod cars. Okay. So, I, I mean, tried. hey, I got 18 ProMod cars headed to Bristol. Um, I'm sure anybody that's on this list that wasn't, you know, that wasn't planning on going but was go- went to Epping is going to be there, right? If they qualified. I got 20. Oh, Really? Well, yep. who knows? Who knows? They need a number of these. Like NHRA, can you put a number beside? the Yeah, these can, you no, can you put a number of these? That'd be great. Yeah, can you number these? That'd be fantastic. Um, But no, I'm glad to see it back to where it once was. And I, and I know that their goal was to like buy Indy, be back around that 30 car number. They've obviously got some work to do, but I do think that they're doing a lot of the right things. I mean, I... They're active on social. They're pushing. I'm seeing more autograph sessions, more fan interaction than I've probably ever seen from the pro mod series. But it is JT. You make probably the ultimate point. That is something that we're always going to fight oh, don't against. Blow him up too much. And I'm not. But how many point. of these guys don't race for a living? You know, and yeah. it is hard to overcome that. I mean, I even go back to a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were struggling to get Justin Bond scheduled to be on the show because he had a business meeting and, mm. You know, and that is just an example of the situation that exists is this is their hobby. I mean, and they obviously do it at a professional level. They're obviously massively invested. It's not that they don't take it seriously. They test, they they take it crazy seriously, Absolutely. but it's still secondary to what they do for a living. And that is one of the things that is so always going to hinder us. To, it's so hard to
2: to race for a living, you know, at the highest level, these are professionals. and And I mean, Ricky's done it. But there's not, there's not a whole lot of people that probably could.
1: It's, it's damn near possible at this point mm-hmm. outside of uh, the uh, hand few, hand few, handful of, of guys. Handful? Like handful? Hand that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, like handful like goes together. Hand yeah. Handful of guys uh, in all the pro ranks, really. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think Ricky's the only one in pro mod.
0: Man, it's uh, trying to earn a living doing this. And I think that that's, there are, it can be done right? I mean, there's clearly examples, but you have to be finding a way. I think one of the examples that come to mind for me is like Stevie Fast Jackson. He's had to transition from driving, right? And transition into tuning a car, you know, and to providing that service to a well-to-do businessman, you know, one of these independently wealthy I think we'll see Ricky do that at some point
1: also. I, I think we'll see him transition to probably someone putting someone in his stuff and and keeping all of his rig and his operation maybe as intact as he can into into like a quasi-retirement, and then he's tuning somebody. I, th- I mean, I think look we'll at Todd Tudorow.
0: Him. I mean, Todd Tudorow has, yeah. Y.O. Motorsports is like of sizable operation at this point in time. I mean, that is a group, they're working on so many race cars. It's hard to, I mean, at World Series of Pro Mod, I think we had to pit five or six teams together because Todd was tuning all of them. And that that is kind of the pathway to success. Isn't I think, this for funny a lot though this is, right now
2: This is like two complete opposite ways to to race you know for a living like we're talking about yeah. Todd Teddero and Ricky Smith who you know probably they're, they're not on social media marketing themselves constantly and and have these you know huge followings that we just mentioned for all these other no prep guys right who have used the the, the television, you know and and the show to help market their name and make their name a brand you know like, like say justin you know he's he's made you know swan gang a brand now but you talk about complete opposite ways of doing it you know but be- yeah. between those two
1: yeah that's the more traditional route which speaking yeah. of totoro that reminded me that we've got tony wilson subbing in for jason lee who was going to sub in only for bristol but now that Epping is, is going to be moved to Bristol. It's, he's going to be in there for both races. In what do you the, think uh, of that? In the coast packing car.
0: What do you make of that? Uh, so for those that don't know, the NHRA introduced a new rule for the pro mod series in 2023, where a car essentially earns points. Um, the, the points stay with the you, car. You could
1: sub a driver twice, yeah, twice throughout the year and not lose points. You could put someone else in your car, which actually speaking to Tony earlier in the week, um, this situation with uh, Epping being moved to Bristol does not count against that, so Tony subbing in the car for essentially both Epping and Bristol is only going to count as one sub
0: oh that's mm. interesting, well, and that makes sense though because it's it wasn 't intentional right I right, mean right. there Jason Lee was in Epping, so i just I wonder sometimes i I feel like that just contributes to this issue like I see the upside of it. I see it being exciting for someone like Jose Gonzalez who. You know, travels a lot, or yeah. you know, is is traveling internationally, and sometimes contends with you know obstacles that are insurmountable, and there's no chance that he's going to be able to make a race, and it's hard for him to stay excited or stay committed if he can't feel like he's competing for a championship because he's going to miss a couple. Or of what races. about what
1: about somebody like Stan Shelton who's got yeah. uh, pulling sometimes yeah. conflicting with drag racing, and I know they do quite a dance to make it all happen, but maybe at some point it's the best option for him to look at putting someone in that car for a race. So he can do, go do the pulling deal where he's also highly successful. So, I mean, I'm going I'm looking at this list of entries and, you know, you could see a situation where a lot of these guys would take advantage of it.
2: Right. I don't like it. I don't, I don't think I like it though. I I don't know. I mean, I know it takes a team to win, but, uh, I don't know.
1: Happens all the time in NASCAR, man. Look at what happened this past weekend with the whole, uh, chase Elliott deal. And they just, they put someone else in that car. And then I think they had to put, because that guy was a sub in some other car. They put a sub in for a sub in the other, in whatever other car. I mean, they sub drivers all the time in other forms of racing and, and the team still field the car and go out there because the car collects points.
0: I, I think it would be cool to have if I and we actually talked about doing this a long, long time ago in the NHRA Pro Mod series was do like the Formula One Constructors Cup where there's like a right there's a Constructors car championship, championship and then right. there's a driver championship. And I do feel that I mean, I just imagine if the car that wins the championship or the driver that wins the championship is somebody who missed two races. I do think it's going to be hard not to put an asterisk by that.
2: Yeah, that, that'd be weird, right? I I mean, I just think that... I'm A championship's a championship, you know... No, I mean, you can go win the Super Bowl, but if you miss a few games, you're not going to win the MVP. You still get that ring, though. Yeah, you still get that ring. You know what I mean? So it
0: is what it is. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but I do wonder sometimes, and I've thought a lot about that, the PDRA has kind of trended towards something like that with the Pro Boost, the Boost Wars, and the Nitrous Wars, and this kind of engine builder ongoing challenge, and I've liked that because I think it does give kind of another thing to talk about another storyline, another thing for the media to latch on to another thing to kind of get people excited or get people talking. Um, but it is, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing. Personally, I can go either way on it. It's something that they have been fighting for. The racers have wanted that rule for a decade. Literally they've, they've pressed for it because I mean that the NHRA pro mod series is comprised almost entirely of, you know, small, you know, independent, uh, Lee wealthy or business owners, so I'm not at all surprised that that, that finally happened. I, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. What do you guys think about rolling into the summer, right? I mean, it's hard to believe that we're headed into the 90, 100-degree race day weekends where we're going to really see people. I'm excited for this time of year. I know it's not the most fun for fans and it's a challenge for racers, but I do feel like you really start to see who's who when the track conditions start to go away yeah. and you're racing in rough. You're going to see some surprises. You're going to see some guys you know, barely get in and then go on to win the race. I I think it narrows the the it narrows the window a little bit. It it evens the playing field. I think for the lesser funded or the kind of lower tier teams that are scrap you know scrappers that are good racers, they can go out there and you know leverage experience and tune tune the track yeah. and Yep. I, I don't know. I, Weather's I don't
1: like been this time of year. odd this year though. Like been. looking at the weather for Bristol, Bristol usually marks, All right, this is the start of summer. summer. It's usually a week later. I think it's usually on father's day. So, yeah. but it's here. It is it's June it's Bristol. It's usually hot and very, very tricky. It's going to be like 72 for a high crazy this oh, weekend, wow. and a low Sweet. of 48. And so, I mean, it's holy it's moly. Just, I'm, I'm sure we're going to, we're due for a massive heat wave to make up for it, but
0: I'm kind I'm of bracing for know, impact man. down here she she in, in
2: Texas. didn't type in Missouri.
1: <laughs> You're <hear> <laughs> No, joke, no, man. no. Bristol, Tennessee, bud. Oh, my gosh. Thunder
0: Valley is what I typed in. Hey, real quick, though, let's let's pay some more bills and uh, remind everybody, keep our buddy Mark Beatty happy. Let me remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made way or excuse me, made possible by way of our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market. And they've been doing it since 1979, whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle or your lawnmower. When you think about lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. Guys, uh, we're kind of headed towards the end of the show here. It's crazy. Not only does time fly, uh, on the calendar, but it flies right here on this very show. Uh, let's touch on a couple more things before we, we call it a day. Um, I guess looking forward to the No Prep Kings next stop in Virginia, that one of the big storylines coming out of Ohio was that Ryan Martin, for the first time in the show's history, didn't win the season opener, which I think could bode well for the show as a whole. I mean, I think that was one of the things that people were really latching onto is that Ryan was such a dominating force back-to-back or, what is it, back-to-back series championships. spoiler alerts, man. Oh, sorry. Spo-
1: Damn! I used <laughs> to listen to West Buck Show every week until he spoiled the first well, hey, race of MPK. Fine. People know what over.
0: happens. Uh, yeah. It's all over. It was great to see Kayla Morton. She kind of <laughs> came on strong late in 2022. Yeah, man. Clearly has a hot rod uh, this year. You know, she great was what, win.
1: She was like the third overall pick in the draft. Hold on. Really? Fourth. She was the fourth overall pick in the first round of the draft. Which I thought was kind of interesting, but Daddy Dave knew what he was doing with that deal. Clearly, yeah, right off the bat. Not that she no. didn't deserve it, but you know, he, he he knew. I wonder how much these guys have been in communication with each other about. Oh, I've been working on this, or I've been testing. I'm running good. This, you know, to start the year and how well, much they're all played they're, into they're all
2: very active on social yeah. media. And well, and stuff he so. She so she was, was you could probably Dave's see. Pick, right? Yeah, and you 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 could probably see what a lot of these guys have been
0: doing. How about the- Jerry Bird? Uh, being picked so early by Disco Dean Carnes. I was got really a new surprised. Car, a new combo. I think that that's it. I think a lot of people knew that those guys are very able-bodied racers, have mm-hmm. good power, but they, they had outdated equipment as far as a race car is concerned. He rolls out with a brand new car and I think people expect him to be a contender uh mike murillo who was his pick scott taylor who went to the finals yep. uh another team that i know has been testing a lot scott taylor we need to get him here on the show because he's a great yeah. guy fun yeah, to talk he, to yeah. super good dude um i was kind of looking at some of the other top picks sean murder nova ellington his number one pick was uh jeff lutz not surprised uh there those guys are close friends and how much of it do you think it plays into it that
1: uh reliability and that they're going to be at every race, and that they're not, you know, oh, on the verge of, of not being able be, to do this. Like, that's, that's got to be big. Yeah, because you know? that's the first race of the season kicks off five races in a row, five weekends in a row that these guys are going to be racing. Now, they do get, I believe, like the entire month of July off to rebuild man, that's all their shame. Because I, it's going to be completely destroyed by them. I
0: tip my cap to every one of these guys because that is. So difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's difficult to do any sort of race in five weeks in yeah, a row. Yeah, they go they go but five to go weeks a Heads in a row, up racing and basically pro mod cars.
1: Yeah, they they end up at, at being July first, and then they don't have another race until uh, it looks like is it Tulsa, August eleventh
0: most of so, these guys I mean you're it's such a unique environment when you go on stretches like that because you're having to service the car on the road right you're shipping parts to racetracks you're not shipping parts to your to your shop or your house or you know your chassis guy you're having to do all this stuff on the fly and it takes what is already very difficult and adds a, a, another layer of difficulty that I don't again whenever People, I mean, we're we've talked about it here. Obviously, show first, it's been discussed at nausea at this point that it, it's a TV show first, but you cannot take anything away from the effort that this group of people is putting in to go drag racing. I mean, it is yeah. absolutely on par with any pro operation. I mean, this that is a rough that's a big bite, man. That's oh, a yeah, big bite, know yep. Five back to back races in a row. Uh, I mean, literally, I saw Justin Swanstrom you know, posted up at VMP uh, earlier today, shipping out merch, servicing the car. I mean, that's that that's quite <laughs> yeah. the endeavor, right? Yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I mean, you talk about the want to. I don't know how many people want to do that, right? I mean, it may look good and you may make some money selling merch, but holy moly, is he's spending it, you know, he put something on social earlier this year that he was like, so far he'd spent $270,000 or something.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm racing gonna, this yeah. year and it's yeah.
0: it, it, people fail to maybe understand. And I think that's one of the things that I would love to see get extinguished is this notion that all this is like good old boys. It, they are. But I mean, this is extremely expensive, super high level stuff across the board. I mean, you got d- guys bringing out a new car every season or a new look every season or two cars or two We've cars. Got multiple,
1: yeah. multiple guys now carrying two cars just in case, yes. in case you know man, man I mean, even if
2: you can get people to volunteer to be on on your crew yeah. you know to help you out i mean it's still expensive by the end end of oh 4 or 5 God. days Gosh, and, man. and paying for food and everything else and hotel rooms and i mean jeez
0: no oh, it's it, it really is uh, absolutely insane guys. Well, Hey man, we've wrapped up. Uh, we, we've blown through all the things that we wanted to cover here. I wanted to make sure that we got to uh, made our point on the fact that I think drag racing is doing really well. Um, what else? Was there anything else? I know JT before the show, he's like, Oh dude, do you really want to talk about this again? I'm like, no, man, there are still people out there that think that we're in some sort of crisis. So no, no, Wes
1: asked, now tell me if I'm beating a dead horse, which is kind <laughs> of like, don't really answer it. And JT jumped right. Oh yeah. You know, we talk about yeah. it quite a bit.
0: Man, it just shocks me and and i just want to i I just think it's worth talking about man it's so easy to poke holes and shit it just is you know what i mean like it's so easy to to find the negatives you know
1: like cherry pick your photos that you put together or your your perspectives and create a case and like you were saying jt off air before we started it's like all the outrage about something like that today. And then by tomorrow, it's just lost in the noise. No one even cares, follows it's, up on it.
2: It's nuts how it works anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it doesn't matter what it is. It can be political or anything else. It's oh, like yeah. this big to do today and tomorrow.
0: Nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Nobody know, cares. Oh, Nobody's paying yeah. attention. Everybody's on to the next thing. And it's, I mean, it speaks to, I mean, that is an issue. It's that the news exists. cycle. man. It's the news it's, cycle.
1: We always just call it the 24 hour cable news cycle. Now it's just, Social media. <laughs> That's what uh, it right. is like. Yeah, one. you
0: don't
2: even know if you can believe any of it. Have, <laughs> you, watched, have
0: you ever watched Anchorman 2 and just think about yes. a time prior <laughs> yeah. to the 24-hour news? like Because they're like, hey, we've got this idea. We're going to play the news all day, every day. And they're like, you can't do that. You can only talk about the news once at five, you know, or once a day. And it's, it's so crazy because now the expectation. I get mad. When we don't have something posted on our website, like every hour of the day, every day, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like that it's so incredibly difficult to keep that pace up. But that is the world we live in today. I, I mean, it's people thing you're the doing that pushing
2: that that other story way down, you know, out of, out of sight and out of mind.
0: Oh, it's really incredible, man. And
1: God I mean, help you. if You have to go back and find something on Facebook. Oh my you, God. Oh my that God. That you saw. I think that's what that little bookmark is for on Facebook. I figured this out. Never. I'm like, why, why do I want to bookmark this? It's because if I literally scroll too far down or, Oh, and Close you better have a
0: supercomputer because <laughs> yeah, it's I'm like, I'm never going to see I this again. You know, my laptop getting hotter, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, the further on. I see, the fans <laughs> kick on, yeah, <laughs> it's
2: like <laughs> levitating on my desk. You know,
1: like, if you scroll too <laughs> fast past it, hey, I want to check that out again. Good luck, dude. shit has gone. gone forever, man.
0: It really is. Well, uh, tons of racing going on, as we said, and I, I just think that the ultimate reminder here is that. These really are high times for the sport of drag racing. It, it it gets mentioned all the time. Every time I talk, go to a racetrack or bump into somebody, the good old days. The, the good old days. That. Well, I'm telling you, we are living in them right now. These are the good old days of drag racing, guys. You got anything else? Uh, where where are you off to next? Uh, you're within driving distance of, of Bristol, Mike. Don't you could hop me. in Don't with old. Me. You could hop in with old Brett Underwood, right? You could roll down with him, Brett's. Shoot, I believe Brett, bringing a couple we'll thousand those, copies of Di. Brett with me on the roof, father. Right.
1: He put me on the in his <laughs> truck bed. He wouldn't let me ride with him. Oh, you know
0: he would. He would love to have you ride. I'm gonna tell you. No, he's got that thing loaded that. down
1: with a thousand magazines, I know. headed to Bristol. So yeah, uh, and, get and your copy. There he's got a new World Series least, of pro mod issue. He's probably going to have that what, with him.
0: three cases of cigars to every race too. Yes. Oh, he takes probably I don't know fifty, hundred. I bet to every race yeah. he goes to. There's no doubt in my mind. There's it's hard to beat. Like I think cigars are good. He's pushing them on
1: everybody, giving kids, hey, kid, you want a cigar? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's so funny. Uh, I don't know how how he carries so many. (laughs) You know what I mean? He carries so many on him at any given time. It's kind of unbelievable. But anyways, guys, hey, thanks a bunch for joining us. Thanks for, for being a part of this conversation each and every week. A reminder to click like, click share, click subscribe. Help us spread the gospel of drag racing. And we'll see you next week right here on the Drag Illustrated Facebook and YouTube page. Uh, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, guys. Thanks a bunch. I appreciate y'all. All right. Yep. Later, thanks, y'all. y'all. Let's do it.